definitely was me sort of like processing a lot of internal things and um, sort of took me a while to you know take a step back and be like what what the heck uh, has happened the past few years you know and how am I feeling about it and how how has that changed sort of my relationship with time that's Beth Bombara I'm Jamie Green and this is trading fours. Hey everyone, welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Jamie Green. God, it's hot in Kansas City, like stupid hot. Like so hot, I had to jog on my treadmill this morning, which I call it the treadmill because I fucking hate it it's that kind of hot so i hope wherever you are in the world you're trying to stay cool and hopefully this heat will break soon so i've been kind of on a theme these last few episodes on answering questions i get in person a bunch about the podcast so i thought i'd share today's question which is what is your favorite part of being a musician that's a good question i love it all and certainly there's nothing like performing live music just like there's nothing going to a studio with talented people around you to lay a track down. But the one thing I truly love about being a musician, maybe something you don't really think about, but I get to become friends with really cool and talented people, people that I would never have met in my life had I not been a musician myself. Take today's guest, Beth Bombara. Beth lives in St. Louis, so our paths have never crossed, but our mutual friend Wendy thought we'd hit it off, so she did that uh, virtual introduction thing. And then I got a chance to have a beer with Beth when she was here last year for the Folk Alliance. Beth is one of those musicians who's both super nice and very talented. We had a lovely time just getting to know each other, and I knew at that time it would be great to have her on the podcast. So we agreed whenever she had out new music, she would come on. So guess what? Beth has new music out. Her new album entitled It All Goes Up drops in just three days on August 4th. It's really good. I've had a chance to listen to it several times, and I really dig it. And I know you are going to, too. So Beth phoned in recently from her home in St. Louis to talk all about the new album and lots of other stuff. So let's go ahead and get started. Here's my conversation with Beth Bombara. Thanks for being on Training Force, Beth. It's so nice. You know, we, we got to chat in person at uh, Folk Alliance last year. Uh, which yeah. I was a cripple at the time. I was coming off a foot surgery, which was fabulous. I, I highly recommend that to people in their 50s. Oh, it's that's like, right. Yeah. So much. <laughs> it's so much fun, especially in a split level house. But uh, you got a new album coming out. Um, I had a chance to listen to it several times. This is great. It's it's lush. It's beautiful. It can be heartbreaking at times. It's um, there's a lot, of, a lot to discuss. And, I, you know, there's something oh. I'm, I'm like, oh, it has to be something from COVID where she's like, Get a little more introspective, right? Because everybody's world has stopped. Got a lot of time to think. Yeah. So let's talk about it. What was your process for this album? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I yeah, it definitely was me sort of like processing a lot of internal things. And um I I am a slow processor, so it sort of took me a while to, 
you know, take a step back and be like, what, what the heck uh, has happened the past few years, you know, and how am I feeling about it? And how, how has that changed sort of my relationship with time and other people? And um, so it was sort of like a slow process of me figuring, figuring all of that out. Yeah, I read in the notes you've been an old classical guitar. You dust it off literally out of the. Uh, so for people that don't know the difference between uh, most guitars are steel string, um, classical is a wider neck. It's a, it's the nylon strings. It's it's a beautiful sound, um, but it's a kind of a different animal. So what about a classical guitar in your hands? What what how did that motivate you to start writing this album? Yeah, it like when I sort of dusted the classical off and, and played it, it just, it feels different. It, it sort of brought out other emotions in me and made me feel like different things than even just a regular steel acoustic string, acoustic guitar, sorry, steel string acoustic guitar. Um, so it's just got this really warm, inviting tone okay. that I think sort of spoke to me in a different way than if I were writing on acoustic guitar or on electric guitar. Um, so just the, the writing itself, I think, was influenced by that different um, tone and different vibe, for sure. It makes sense. So one of the tracks is Lonely Walls, but this seems to be screaming COVID as far as <laughs> being by yourself. Can you, can you talk a little bit about this track? It's a beautiful track. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I think when I sat down and started writing that song was sort of the first song of me, like really processing what it meant to, you know, be alone and, uh, and how just <laughs> sort of a longing to connect with people, um, how I was feeling that really. And, um, just sort of feeling this cathartic sort of, I don't know, in this uh, emotional space. And so that was me sort of trying to take those feelings and connect that with a, with a sound. And um, so what I, what I wanted to do was very intentional was create um, sort of some instrumental space in the song. Uh, which I don't normally do. I approach songs sort of, you know, as a typical singer-songwriter. Um, and I'm a very economical writer. I'm always, like, taking out words. And, and if the song is four minutes long, I'm like, hmm, is it necessary? You know, can we, like, uh, consolidate a little bit? Are all of the pieces necessary? So for me, with with the song Lonely Walls, that was sort of a different approach. I, I sort of wanted to add instrumental space and just create a vibe and a feeling. Um, so that that was definitely a different approach for me. Yeah, well, it worked out really well. You know, it's been really interesting. It's, it almost feels like we're back to normal. I mean, I know some people are still getting COVID. I'm not trying to say it's 100%, but it seems so much more normal. And it's, yeah. so, so now we're getting to the point where there's a little bit of retrospection of what went on. I actually, over the weekend, I watched the the documentary, Jason Isbell's documentary. I don't know if you've seen that. It was on HBO all about. Have you seen this Oh, yet? I've been. That's on my list. 
it's on my list to watch. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. It's fascinating because the documentary is just like, it's a regular documentary and he's making an album and they're in the studio and it, it's all that. And then there's the dynamic with his wife in the band, which we could go down that rabbit hole a while, but I, I, I want to talk more about you than them. Um, but, and then like three quarters <laughs> into the, three quarters into the, you know, cause it's like, he's writing this album and it's going to come out and then like COVID hits and it's like, nothing's happening. Um, and for people like yeah. that, they didn't sat at home ever. Um, so it's really an interesting dynamic and stuff. So I, it'll be curious as the next years roll out, you know, it's kind of like after the Second World War, there's all this great art and stuff about the war and, and any any like traumatic thing like that. It has a huge effect on us. You know, 9-11, we still have think reverberations about 9-11 and how people process that. Um, this is yeah. something that from an art form, we're going to hear a lot about how to process it and how you process it. Correct. Yeah, I almost was like afraid to, you know, talk about the pandemic or whatever, because it's like, it's just, it's always been hearing about, you know, and so I'm like, well, you know, everybody's experienced this and are, is everybody tired of talking about it? And, and I think in some sense that's true, but on the other, but on the other hand, like, this is our reality. This is what we went through and experienced. And so I don't think then I, I was like, no, it's okay to talk about it because everyone else has a different experience. And um, and knowing that we all collectively went through this together is sort of a comforting thing. Absolutely. That shared experience feeling. Right. Um, so I want to back up a little bit. I, I know you're in St. Louis. I am obviously mm -hmm. in Kansas City. Um, but let I want to back up about you. You grew up like where did you grow up? Michigan or somewhere? Where'd you grow up? Beth? Yeah, I grew up in Western Michigan, um, Grand Rapids area, and um, it's interesting <laughs> growing up in a place uh, where you you think that's just how everybody operates and that that's your normal. You know, uh, as we grow up, we we have our normal, and then when we move outside of that you kind of realize like oh not everybody does things this way or not everybody uh you know yeah anyway <laughs> so western michigan i i loved growing up there um and it's sort of at the time i started playing music uh the there was a pretty um rockin detroit Detroit music scene going on. Um, I remember like the white stripes were just coming up and, and getting getting some traction. And uh, so I was pretty influenced by that that whole scene and um, found some some people to play with that were really into rock and roll, punk rock, uh, you know, heavier music. So <laughs> that's sort of like when I was younger, uh, influenced sort of by that regional a thing going on in Michigan. Yeah, Michigan's a huge music place. I mean, yeah, Motown alone. I mean, that would put you on the top level anyway. But like you said, there's there's a huge amount of rock and roll that's come out of Michigan. Yeah, a lot of lot of great history there. Uh, you're going to probably slap me through the the Zoom call, but Michigan's one of the few states I have not been to. So, Beth, tell me why should I go visit Michigan? Well. Okay, first of all, I can tell you why you haven't been there, and this is why, I mean, it's not on the way to anywhere. The state of Michigan isn't really on the way to anywhere unless you're trying to go 
to Canada, maybe, but you still have to drive through a large portion of the state. So, so first off, I don't hold that against you, so don't worry. <laughs> but um, you should definitely go there because one, it's beautiful. Um, there's so many lakes, even if you're not by the big lakes, but you know, I'm partial to Lake Michigan, of course, because that's the big lake that I grew up close to. And just, um, yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, and you've got a lot of little quaint, sleepy towns along the lake, which is um, so nice to just kind of slow down and, and experience those. And then uh, the, the far further up north you go, you know, there's wonderful um camping and hiking and um it's just it's gorgeous yeah you're absolutely right though it's i've just never had to drive that part so i've been all around it i've been in mm -hmm. I, I don't know how many times i've been to chicago i've been to ohio been all over but yeah just but I, I need to it, you know what these states that toward the end it has to be like a work conference is what i get to because i'm at the point in my life where if i have time to travel like I want to go like last big trip I took was a we went to Scotland and England and we're going to Ireland this year, you know. So um yeah, nothing against it. It just hasn't popped up on my radar yet. So mm -hmm. you you were you studied music in college. Mm -hmm. Where'd you go to college? Um, I did part of my schooling at Cornerstone University. And then um while I was at Cornerstone. I um, was fortunate enough to participate in an off-campus semester, uh, which was on Martha's Vineyard, and it was strictly a music program. And it, it was like a modern music program, not a classical music program. So for, for example, we had, um, we had studio recording classes and time, like part of Part of that semester was we had to write three songs and record them in the studio and then um, also perform weekly. So it was very um, sort of contemporary music focused. And they did have um, they did have a class for students who were more interested in like the the business sort of side of that, but um, I did not participate in any of that because uh, I was more more interested in the writing and the creative process. That's so, so um, wonderful, especially Martha yeah, Vineyard. You can't go wrong with that. It it actually was pretty magical, and um, because the the location, it was magical for a lot of reasons. But one of those was just it it was very secluded, so there weren't a lot of distractions, and I feel like it was a formative time for me because I could really focus and not be distracted. There's a lot of things to be distracted by when you're a college student. Um, <laughs> but um, just having time and space to think about, you know, do I really, do I really want to keep doing this? You know, do I want to keep um, pursuing creativity as a, a big part of my life? And what would that look like? And getting a chance to collaborate with other students um, in this just really wonderful environment. I mean, we literally were living in the woods um, 
on a a summer camp property but during the school year so it, it was um yeah it was a very neat experience and then after while there i met some students at um another school about an hour outside of st louis and they they were just super wonderful um people we we connected on a on a wonderful level and they said hey you should transfer to our school we think you would like it better and i said okay so i ended up um transferring to greenville college um in greenville illinois and um and i'm really glad that i did and that's what sort of brought me to the st louis area yeah and how long have you been in st louis now about Oh, it's been maybe coming up on 14 years. Wow. That's yeah, another so city feels... that, that's changing a lot. Every time I yeah. go to St. Louis, it's like different. It is. It is. Which is, which is cool because, you know, I'm old enough to remember you would go down in certain areas of St. Louis and like there was nobody there and it looked like a bomb had gone off. And uh, it's nice to see these areas that are building up and have these like real kind of cool, funky vibes, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, the city sort of, uh, you know, there's city issues with this that's always a struggle, but, um, you know, a lot of, it, it's not uncommon to, <laughs> for, since I've lived here, for people who live outside the city, they're like, oh, I don't want to go into the city, it's dangerous, blah, 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 and it's like, well, not, not really more than any other large city, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> Sadly, we are kind of sister cities with that, where there's a certain area in a town that you can circle a map and say that's where, mm-hmm. you know, sadly, most of the homicides happen and stuff, and we don't seem to do much to fix it. Um, but anyway, right. this, is, this is not a political podcast. This is a music <laughs> podcast. So, yeah, I was surprised. I'm reading your stuff that went, you know, everybody loves Wendy. Wendy's great. Uh, and Wendy sends me stuff. And that you, I always thought you were like always the front person. You were always the person that was out singing and stuff. And, and apparently you were just like a side person. So, yeah, I, I this surprises me. <laughs> well, I, I, when I was younger, I was a pretty shy. I, I was a wallflower. I just wanted to sit back and listen. And, um, I'm, I'm still, I think I still default that way, but I've, I've grown a lot and I'm less afraid of being in front of people. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, starting out playing music, I, I played in other bands and I, I, all I really wanted to do was play guitar or play keys. I played keys in a couple bands. Um, And all I really wanted to do was just play um, and be in the background of the band <laughs> and um, be along for the ride. And yeah. so I did that for a long time. Um, but um, there was a band I was in sort of early on that nobody wanted to sing. And I was the youngest <laughs> in the band. And so they they made me sing. They said, you're the youngest, so you, you have to sing. And I said, oh man, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. And um, we were we were gigging. We started gigging pretty frequently on the weekends, um, and so it was just this situation. I sort of had to like say, okay, well, here we go. This isn't. It's I. I have bandmates around me, so I sort of was okay, like 
growing into that role. Um, but I did that for a little while. And um, then all the other bands I played in um, were just, yeah, me laying back as the guitarist or playing keys. Um, and it wasn't really until I moved to St. Louis and I had friends sort of uh, push me and encourage me to start writing my own music and singing my own songs. So that sort of, yeah, it was an evolution and it took a long time for me to really feel comfortable um, in a front person role where I was sharing my my own very personal art. Yeah, that's your Oh, so you're exposing yourself because that's not true but you're making yourself vulnerable correct yeah um, yeah it's it's interesting with band dynamics because um you know I've always been the guitar player uh and i always think and then i lately because i had a friend and he wanted to play a show and he can't really sing and he said and i i, I mean i have i said i always tell people my voice was made for harmony that's the kind of voice mm. i have like i don't think i have a great voice. but i said sure i'll do it and i kind of thought well this is you know life's short Put yourself out there it's such a different dynamic when you are the person that's the you know quote unquote lead singer mm -hmm. um, people pay a lot more attention to you uh a lot more. yeah i, I wasn't yeah. i was not expecting that it was kind of strange i mean not in a bad way fortunately nobody booed me off stage or said you suck or anything but it's just like people came up afterwards and they're like right on me like um so that's kind of a, it's a little daunting isn't it it's very daunting yeah i mean it can be and and like I said, it's taken me a long time to get comfortable with, well, there's, there's a lot of aspects of that. Like uh, being a front person, you know, there's, you're singing and you're probably also playing an instrument. And so it, it took me a long time to just get comfortable with my own voice. Um, and, you know, that just came with doing it a lot. The more I did it, the more I got comfortable with it and the better I got at it. And then I was like, okay, you know, I, I really like singing now. Whereas before, if you asked me, I'd be like, eh, I'd rather just play guitar. You know, I don't want to sing. I don't enjoy it. Um, so that, that sort of really grew on me. And then you have the other aspect of being a front person, which is like entertaining an audience, <laughs> you know, they, they're there for music, but um, they're also there to be entertained. And so, um, Sort of navigating that and um because I, I never wanted to say anything into the microphone i just wanted to sing and so you know you could do that in some circumstances but if you're not going to even you know say a little something to the audience you know that that probably feels awkward yeah. <laughs> so, so i went through this phase of feeling very awkward on stage and and again like it just takes getting out there and doing it to sort of um learn and uh become comfortable yeah that's like another complete different skill set that mm -hmm. uh, it's almost you know we went uh well you met kelly uh my wife we went and saw yeah. uh renee elise goldberry of hamilton fame um she was here mm -hmm. kelly's obsessed with hamilton i don't know if you are but mm. She's listened to that thing. I I, mean, I think it's pretty awesome. It's awesome. I, I I mean I'm really impressed with what you said, but I, it's to the point that she she might need to have some help. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we go and to your point, like you know, this woman has a phenomenal voice. Like this is, I mean, you don't get on Broadway and play leads. You know, she's unbelievable. 
she has the look which shouldn't matter but to some people it matters you know she's could be you know model gorgeous too but she's funny and she has great little anecdotes and stuff and that's such a part and a lot of that i think is it really kind of breaks that barrier between the people on stage step that she's oh she is down to earth and she tells funny stories and she you know, at one point she was saying that she likes to give advice that she should take herself, you know, so she can kind of, she's self-depreciating and kind of make a joke of herself and stuff. And I think that's like, people love that and have come yeah. to, kind of, to expect it, but it's not easy. Yeah. And, and some people are definitely very natural at that and you can tell, um, and they're just, um, well, are you, do you know, Willie Carlisle? Uh-huh. Yeah, he um the first time I ever saw him live, I was just blown away by his his personality. Like he's he's a big personality and he draws you in and he's like he's an amazing performer. You can't play better than you can hear. And everybody puts so much um focus onto technical aspects of playing and I think much more benefit is in perceptual aspects of playing. Learn and like <laughs> pull be pulled out of their shell a little bit and that's yeah. okay yeah I, I think people would be absolutely floored how many very famous musicians are very introverted they're not extroverted mm -hmm. yeah i think people think that that's the norm but i i think most not most but a large a portion of musicians that are very famous and are on stage and talking are actually pretty introverted and they're not they're pretty shy right? yeah i, I I think that's true. Yeah. 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 So there's nothing wrong with it, but I just think people expect it. Um, I, of course, am a total extrovert. I'll talk to anybody. I guess that's why I have a podcast. It doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm a schmo, too. I'm not even that great of a musician. I've never gotten nervous on stage. I don't know why. I just feel fine. <laughs> so so um, coming up, this is coming out August 4th. So we, for people listening to this, we got a little time. The, you've got other albums. Evergreen was the last one before that, correct? Yeah, yeah, Evergreen was before that, yep. So people who are getting to know you, Beth, and are listening to this podcast since Kansas City, most of my, I have people all over, strangely have people like in weird places, I have like, who's that? What, you know, kind of fun. Uh, why are they listening? <laughs> but uh, for people, what's the, uh, how do you talk to your fans? What's your, what's your favorite mode of uh, getting the word out? Yeah, Um. so I like, I like using Instagram a lot. Um, I feel like that's an easy, um, low, low stakes, low pressure platform. It's a fun platform for me to be on. Um, so I, I try to put stuff on Instagram and also Facebook, like as much as I don't love being on there, it's, I mean, a lot of people still find out about shows from there. So yeah, those two places are, and then, um, you know, I've got, I've got to, um, I'll send emails out um, when, when big stuff happens. I try to do it maybe once a month just to keep people in the loop or, um, yeah, shows and all of that. So those are three, three places. <laughs> and I always put links in the show notes so you can be a lazy bastard listening to this podcast. You don't even have to Google best name. It's down in the show notes. You can just click on it. So I always, I always do that. Um, I'm gonna. How very you. efficient of you! I'm such a nice guy, aren't I? I'm just trying to help everybody <laughs> out. Um, yeah, I, I'll butcher this story, but you were telling tell the story about you and, and this beer, this beer can, this beer brand. The beer, yeah, the, the space junk beer. Yeah, okay, no, this is cool, man. 
yeah so um um there's uh yeah logboat brewing which is in uh, columbia missouri they uh, approached me about doing a collaboration and they said well it's got to be an ipa and i said all right um so then then they went into <clears throat> excuse me um they said okay it's got to be an ipa and um you don't have to but it would be awesome if if you also had a song to go along with the beer and um at the time i was um doing a project where i was writing a song a week just to sort of challenge myself and to share um with my patrons on patreon um and so so we were talking and i said well i I have some songs I'm not really sure what to do with yet, and they're pretty like pretty raw. And I said, but I have this song I wrote <clears throat> called Space Junk, and maybe we could do that with the beer. And they just said, what? Space Junk? That like fits with our branding because we like do alien stuff, and so so they they were pretty excited about it. So I recorded the song and we put it out with the beer and um the the artist who does their can art um drew illustrations of me and my band as aliens and that's on the beer can so cool man yeah that's like my two great loves music and beer <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was a super super fun exciting collaboration i mean when when somebody tells you you have to go to work today and your job is to go to a tap house and taste a bunch of different beers and make notes and then send those notes to the head brewer to make your beer like wow yeah. how how amazing yeah well you know uh we have boulevard here um yeah i love and, boulevard right and everybody so i was actually at an event know, a couple of weeks ago at boulevard and it's like everybody's happy it's like it'd be so interesting to have a job uh, like your day job mm -hmm. where everybody's like everybody loves you everybody's happy everybody's happy to be there everybody loves your product everybody thinks you're great you know it'd be kind of fun yeah that yeah fun. so growing up because you play piano you play guitars obviously bass what else you play um i i had a stint where i played a little bit of drums i played drums in a band for a hot second <laughs> that's cool but i don't <clears throat> i don't play them regularly so that's um that's that's mainly it yeah that's a lot mm -hmm. so, so um who'd you listen to who'd you love growing up in western michigan what what piqued your interest who you're like wow that's really cool mm, yeah so growing up i i didn't grow up in a household that <clears throat> was very into music per se like like my dad didn't have a big record collection i you know i sort of discovered bands just by going to the the record store and i also was um the oldest of three so i didn't have um older siblings sort of giving me music like hey you should listen to this so i actually remember like <clears throat> i had a little boom box and i would put a cassette in there and i would record the radio so i could go back and listen to it so that's sort of you know the deal at the time I was growing up and um uh but I I definitely got into like um the clash 
and a little more, and I'm trying to think because there were kids that I would hang out with at school and we would go to the record store and um, they were like really into against me. And um, I was, I was like, Oh, that's, that's, that's cool. And then I got super into the clash and the Ramones and uh, that sort of thing. <laughs> and then it, it's just sort of, it was an evolution to um, like when I got a little bit older, um, then I discovered this whole, like the, the song, like what is uh, songwriting and, and that sort of uh, genre. So then I discovered Wilco and got really into Wilco and um, Gillian Welch and, you know, sort of like, oh, what is this sort of country influenced music? Um, so it, it was just this big progression of starting out with like more raw, like rock and roll stuff and then um, kind of finding my way to more like what I would call songwriters and, and the whole roots music scene. So yeah, it was, it was a sort of a, a progression for sure. Yeah, some of my favorite memories growing up was discovering new acts that I had no idea. You know, there's no social media, so it's very, yeah. organic, very organic. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's just as a snap judgment because you thought the album cover was cool. Um, right? Yeah. And like I would, I would find magazines. Like there were a handful of music magazines at a time, and I would go through. And at the end of the magazine, there'd be a section where it was like, "Okay, you can mail order cassettes and CDs." And you'd read the description, and I, I said, "Oh, this sounds like a really underground, you know, punk band. I'm gonna like write a letter and send a check, <laughs> and then they they mail you a CD." And it's a very like sort of the DIY scene of, yeah, then. So I was going through those magazines and like, I'm pretty sure like that's how I found out about Weezer and um, like, yeah. <laughs> that's great. It's so much, that's so fun. You know, I had Matthew Sweet on. Um, yeah. He became pen, he's like, he's a kid. He's like, I don't know, 14, 15 oh maybe. Becomes pen pals with R.E.M. Um, and you know, and then REM comes to town and they become friends. And REM is why he ended up going down to Georgia, uh, because they're like, You should go do it, you should do what we did and go down to the University of Georgia and stuff. And that's what started his career. But what just like this weird little nerd fit, and he'll tell you he's a nerd 14, 15 year old kid just writes a letter to REM and they respond. Yeah, that's incredible. That's so incredible. And it, it's like, I, I feel lucky that I sort of grew up in a what I would call well yeah pre-internet but but really it was I remember when I started using the internet um but but for music discovery and music that still was far far a little bit you know further down the road but you did you did have Napster was a thing in mp3.com and um but really like I I just thinking now of like, oh, if I wanted to find a new band, I have to like look through these magazines and like read the descriptions of the music. And like that to me, like that's sort of a magical time and space. <laughs> it is. It's very happy. I love to go to vinyl stores now and just look. Yeah. And kind of check it out and see. I, I mean, I can still remember the first time I heard Jeff Buckley's Grace. 
Mm. It's like, what the hell is that? Like, oh my God, this is so, I listened to it probably four or five times in a row because I was like, this is so different. And it kind of sounds yeah. like Robert, Robert Plant. And it's like, oh, anyway, yeah, I still have it. I mean, it's such a legend. So I, I love that discovery. I think it's one of the things we all love about music. It's just that discovery of something that you did not know exists and, and how wonderful it is. And it opens up all these new areas in your life. Yeah. Well, do you feel like, I have a question for you. Sure. <laughs> do you feel like um, that sort of, like, because music is so accessible now, that it's sort of like watered down that experience? You know, it's 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 a total six of one, half dozen of the other. Because yeah. uh, um, there was so much stuff that came out at the time that I was not aware of because there wasn't being played on the radio in my hometown in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I didn't have yeah. cool enough friends that knew about it. Whereas now, you know, my kids, my older son's way into music and he's in college. And like, he knows it, like everything, like that and this and that and that. So that's great to have that huge breadth of information, but you mm -hmm. can't really focus on anything either. And I feel badly for artists now because I feel like you have to be like, hey, hey, me, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention to me. Whereas before it was so much more, I mean, like I'm thinking of somebody like, um, like Billy Joel, his first three albums mm -hmm. did not sell. Yeah. Not, and he had to kind of become a better songwriter and get his own band but he would never have made it now they would have been like your first album nobody bought it goodbye and see you um so i don't know it's it's interesting i i really like that's what everybody though kind of like the era they grew up in i'm sure you know a yeah baby, a baby boomer is going to tell me his or her generation was much better than my gen x generation and millennials are going to tell me the same um i don't know i liked how it is because i like tangible things like I like to still yeah. read the New York Times physically on Sunday morning. Yeah. I don't want to read it on my iPad. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I I wish that uh, more music magazines and physical print existed. And when um, I know, like, No Depression magazine, you know, went went digital for a long time, and then when they announced they were coming back with like print issues, I said, "Wow, that's that's amazing," and I loved. I love reading that. And they've sort of reformatted the the print, you know, how they do that. But I, I think it's great because I, yeah, like you, I still like to hold something and, and feel it. And um, yeah, yeah, it's just, there's not, there's, there's nothing like that. <laughs> no, I still have a bunch of the guitar worlds that were sent to me and my parents' house in the 80s. Like, yeah, because it's just like this cool, like, you know, and obviously I would know when Eddie Van Halen was on or something, you know, somebody huge, but there'd be these people I had, like, I didn't know who Paul Gilbert was when Paul Gilbert mm -hmm. first came out Racer X and then he went on to Mr. Big enough. There's all that kind of stuff that just, no, I like it. I, I wish we had more of it. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So before yeah, we go, I appreciate that. It's nice to talk to you a little more and have just kind of fun. And, and I really, I really dig the new album. It comes out August 4th. I will put in the show link. Are you, I assume you're touring. Are you going to tour for this a little bit? What comes out? Yeah, what's your, what's we'll, your summer we'll, look like? We'll tour a little bit. Yeah, the summer we're doing some festivals, uh, mostly mid Midwest stuff. So, um, and then after the album comes out, it sort of depends on, um, you know, I'd like to do a little more touring. Um, but that can be like like a lot of artists are talking about now and bringing up like logistically and financially touring is, can be difficult. So, um, I I will get out 
to the East Coast for sure at some point um, when the record's out, but a lot of Midwest stuff. So, so KC on the list? KC, working, working on something in KC, uh, um, Chicago, Michigan, uh, let's see, got some stuff in the works in Kentucky, um, yeah, just a nice, you know, mid Midwestern <laughs> hanging out. Total Midwestern yeah. snob. I'm happy to hear that. I will come see you and come here. Um, and yeah, you have to take it to dinner if you want. Uh, before wow, get... that's a good invite. Right. <laughs> I told, I said somebody that once that I had on. I don't know who it was, and then she was like, "Well, I don't like to eat before." I told her, I was like, "Well, we can figure something else out." You know, like. I get that. Like you don't want to gut bomb while you're trying to sing for a couple hours, but yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy to say hello and and, and share a meal and get to know people a little bit more. Um, yeah, we, cool. My my question last year was, what vinyl record should I have? It's not my collection. I probably should, which was really cool. Although um, Kelly will tell you, I went out and bought a lot of vinyl that she didn't think I needed. Um, but that's all right. It's a good hobby to have. Keeps me out of trouble. Um, this year, though, I'm wanting to know as the world opens up, what's your travel hack? I want to know everybody's travel hack because. Traveling as a musician is not easy. It's a lot of uh, kind of crappy accommodations and vans and that stuff. So what makes it a little less awful for you, then? Travel hacks. Okay. So um, I've started traveling with an AeroPress coffee maker. Um, it's very portable. It's not breakable. And um, all you need is, like, I will bring pre-ground beans with me but it's also very easy just to go to a coffee shop and have them grind some beans for an aeropress um and then we'll, we have a little um hot water kettle that that we travel with and so that just that one simple thing of like knowing when you wake up you're gonna have good coffee and starting <laughs> starting your day out with that is like it's a simple thing but um yeah that's that's one thing and then i've I've gotten super adept at packing light, just sort of out of necessity. Um, when I do solo tours, it's a different story because it's just me. But like when I'm traveling with other people, uh, I want to be uh, mindful of the, the small space that we have to share. And so um, I'm constantly looking for, you know, comfortable shoes that also look cool like if I if I can only take two pairs of shoes with me you know what what are those going to be so sort of finding those things that that can do double duty and um yeah finding a yeah a backpack or like a suitcase that like has all these little organizational pockets in it um that's been like super handy absolutely you're the second coffee person this is I could I could see this though because I've been on the road and be like and you're like where can I find coffee and then you get on Yelp and they say there's something five blocks away and you don't know the city you go all that way and it's like oh it's out of business now and you're like well, what the fuck am I gonna do now I'm yeah cranky. I'm cranky because I'm not capping it I'm not happy yeah yeah and I know you can always find like a Starbucks or something but like that even just saving yourself that time too is like when you're on the road you have you're on a schedule you have limited time uh yeah just knowing that that's taken care of is is a nice thing 
Well, I, I really appreciate the time. It's nice to get to chat to you. I really do have a new album. Uh, it's been, it's, it's beautiful and lush, and, and there's a lot, it's a lot of ear candy. So I tell people, listen to it on the headphones, because I, I could hear a lot more than I could when I just listened to it. Out like, so yeah. I, I wish Thank you. you. The, I, I wish you the best with it, and good luck, and let me know when you come to KC. Thank you so much. Will do. All right, Beth, have a good day. Thanks, you too. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Then I recognize I've been patient How much more can we take Yeah, the bend will surely break And we're crumbling Beth Bombara, everybody. Again, the new album comes out August 4th, just three days from now. It is called It All Goes Up. This is one of the tracks. We had the uh, opening track. Uh, was a new song and this is Lonely Walls another new song on the new album you know I get sent stuff all the time I wish I had more time to listen to everything uh, multiple times but this is one of these albums that uh, caught me pretty early um, and I've listened to it several times and I really dig it it's good so go out pay for it buy, buy a copy you've got the money you spend more money on coffee in like three hours than you would on a CD so don't tell me you don't have the money You've got the money for that. So down in the show notes, all kinds of fun stuff. Go look at Beth Bombara's website, her tour dates. She's actually coming here to Kansas City in Knuckleheads on October. I put that actual date, how to buy tickets, and the show links. Go on and support. Knuckleheads is such a cool venue anyway. Uh, and you want you want to go and, and, and support live music. You know, that's the whole point of this podcast. Here's your chance. And October is usually lovely. It won't be 900 degrees like it is right now. So that's going to do it for this time in Training Force. I'm going to be back in a couple weeks. I've got like three, four different people I'm juggling. I don't know who it's going to be. I mean, I kind of do, but I've learned my lesson. Don't say who it is unless you absolutely have that interview in the can because it'll bite you in the ass. It'll bite you every time. So that's going to do it. Go out. Support live music. We'll talk real soon. Bye-bye. We gone.